0: Adam was cursed we became cursed wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin Jesus was not born as we are born Jesus came into this world God Almighty took upon himself a body of flesh and, and he came to pay the penalty for our sins it's more than joining a religion it's more than shaking a preacher's hand. It's more than getting your name on a church roll. You must be born again if you're ever going to overcome sin in this life. Bible says in Ephesians two one, and you had to been quickened, or made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin. Amen. I mean, you know, this Bible still got good enough promises to meet you every need. Amen. Amen. Spirit, soul, and body. Yes. Amen. Well. Let's try to understand a little bit about this thing that, you know, if, if you haven't been born again, you need to get born again. And, and maybe by the end of today we can uh, let the Bible speak for itself where people can understand why they need to be born again. If not for you, maybe someone needs the tape today where they can hear it. Because let me tell you, uh, we need to understand something, you know, about it or we, or we really don't know what we're getting into. Um, you get tired after a while, especially I remember when you lost, you know. You are bound in sin and and I want to put it to you this word you're under a curse, Amen. and you know you get so tired of it, but you get so used to it you don't you know some most people are second nature well really it's their first nature, and they want freedom but you know the Bible Jesus said you know whoever serves sin is a servant of sin you're under bondage and man you want to get out so bad but you don't understand how to tried everything in the world turning over a new leaf joining the right churches but Somehow it just ain't nothing changed. There's only one way to change you, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. There's something in this world that's real and it's alive and effective. It's called sin. And that sin does something to every human being's life. It brings a curse on their life. And one thing I don't want to be is cursed by God. Men can curse you. The devil can curse you. But don't let God curse you. Hello? Then you're in big trouble. Well, in Galatians, the third chapter, I'm going to start in verse 10. For as many as under the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, curse it. It's everyone that continue not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Oof, you know, that put us all in a bad place. Um, yep. Even if you was religious minded enough to try to start to turn over a new leaf and doing the right things, doing some good things. The Bible says, well, you still make yourself under, worse than the curse. Because you see, you're still going to fail in some area. Because the Bible says, ain't no man could ever keep... The laws of this book, you know, especially us being Gentiles, we didn't even have the law. Yeah. Just think where they put us. Yeah. The Jews who had the law, a lot of them strove and strove and strove to keep it. And they still failed in some areas and all they did was bring them under a curse. Amen. Hello? The 11th verse says, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident that just shall live by faith. faith. And the law is not a faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Let me read you some of the good news. That's what the gospel means. Don't you know that? Gospel means good news. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord God, as we gather together in the name of your Son, Jesus Lord, we ask you to open our understanding, Lord God, to uh, give us a vision in your word, Lord God, that we can see, Lord, where we were and where we're, we're going now. Help us to understand all the things that Jesus has provided for us in our salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Here I was, I found myself under a curse. No matter what the curse was, uh, it, it puts you in bondage. I mean, if it's drinking or, or whether, no matter what, what, what your sin is or was, Let me put it put you that way was. I don't remember it was just being hot-headed, maybe he was an adulterer, maybe he was a, a drunkard, a dopehead, you name it. You was under a curse. Hello? But you see, Jesus came, he redeemed me from the curse of that law. He broke the curse of that, uh, that, that curse over me. Let me tell you, you look at some people's lives, and man, it makes you feel for them. They, you, you can literally say they're under a curse. Everything they do goes wrong. Everything. I mean, and didn't have no hope to go with it. The Bible says about every sin, curse it for the children of men. God had no choice in cursing mankind because their sin and disobedience, sin will never enter into the presence of God. Never, 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 never. never It's cursed. But thank God Jesus became a curse for me. You see, the curse was, and, and most of us don't understand it, and I'm only going to get into one part today because I'm speaking about your salvation but your salvation includes more than 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 your soul i mean your spirit and that's what we're going to talk about today what we were redeemed from spiritually and that's death well later on when we get an opportunity maybe next week or as the lord leaves we'll look at you know this other things. you were also redeemed from the curse of sickness i don't care how much the devil tries to put it on you still were redeemed from it And when we learn to stand up in it we'll find out the reality of it just like we can find out the reality of it of having eternal life and also you were redeemed from the curse of poverty I don't care what it looks like. I'm just telling you, the Bible says it. Amen. It's got to be so. Amen. Amen. Just because I ain't experienced something, if the Bible said it, it's true. I just got to find out where I'm missing it. Deborah. Hello? Amen. You know, the Bible says that. We, we, we ask what we, we, we don't receive because we ask amiss. miss. I mean, I'm missing it somewhere. Hello? But anyhow, now that Jesus became a curse for me, the blessings of Abraham is going to come on me. Because I am a I was a Gentile. Uh, and you know, that's a simple word. It's a, it's a kind word. The better word for it is a heathen or a pagan. That's what you are before you met Jesus Christ. And we're going to receive the promise of the Spirit. Thank God. Man, look, not only did he save but, man, he gave us the Holy Ghost and gave us his Spirit. Man, now listen, that wasn't possible without Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ shedding his blood on that cross, there was no way you could ever be born again, go to heaven. And not only just wait. you could have the Holy Ghost down here and have all the promises he said in this book. Because Jesus be- took that curse upon you. Now, we have a choice. We can either stay under a curse. I don't think nobody wants to be under God's curse. Or we can have God's blessings. Amen. Well, let's look at the first one we want to look at. and We're going to talk about one of the curses that we were redeemed from was the curse of spiritual death. Genesis, the second chapter, and we're going to start right there. In Genesis, let's put in. Hallelujah. Genesis, the second chapter. Hallelujah. Genesis, the second chapter. Amen. I think most of us understand enough of it right now that cursed people, if they die, unsaved they go to hell and there they, they go for nearly all eternity for a long time I tell you until they'll be resurrected and then judged and cast to the lake of fire I mean that's a what, a, what an existence to want to live to have that kind of hope hello but that's that's the curse of the law I couldn't fulfill the righteousness God demanded of me so I fell short so I, 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 I'm lost, and, and where did this all come in at? Well, the Bible tells us how in the beginning, where it came, that God created a man called Adam and, and put him in his garden and, you know, on this earth and told him to keep it. Let me, let me start in the 15th verse. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now, listen what he said now. He was to keep up that garden. I mean, he, he man, he'd cultivate it, whatever he needed, but he was also to keep it. Hello? He's supposed to keep the devil out. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And you can read how, you know, the uh, uh, story goes on that Eve wasn't even created yet. Hello? She wasn't, she wasn't even there yet. The commandment was given unto Adam to, to, to keep the garden and don't eat from it. Now, he didn't write off. You know, God took the, you know, the rib out of his side, made it into a thorn in the flesh. I mean, uh, he took the rib out of Adam's side and, and made a woman with it. And, and you know, uh, and like someone once said, made woman, but it's, whoa, man. Uh, uh, anyhow, you can understand, though. You see, she's the weaker vessel. And the old devil knew who he could talk, couldn't kind of deceive. And we know the story. The old devil came in in the form of a, of a serpent, and he deceived her. Hello? And, boy, we all look at, it, we look at old Eve, and we say, why did she do it? Why did she have to fall? Well, let me ask you, why did you? Hello? I mean, we can't look down on her if you're sitting in the same, same boat. Hello? That's the pot calling the kettle black. Uh, what's your excuse? Why, why did Satan deceive you? Amen. If he was in sin, he was deceived. But anyhow, we know the story went, and and he was deceived, and she ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and then she got her husband to eat. Now, I mean, naturally, now wives are—they got away with their husbands, and not make them do about anything. And, uh, <laughs> amen. And they ate, and nevertheless, just like the Bible says, He says, "The day that you eat it." Now that was the only commandment they were given: Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they went ahead and they ate, and, and uh, you know what happened? They died. Because, we see, we can read the Bible. Adam lived to be, I think, uh, uh, 900 and something years old. You know, about 950 years, give or take. I'll, I'll see it after a while. But that was a long time he lived, huh? But is that Forever. No, you see, that's something happened. The Bible's right. When he said, the day that you eat it, you're going to die, he died. And What died? His spiritual life with God. Amen. Amen. And you see, that's something none of us want, want to see. In Genesis, the third chapter, in the 22nd verse, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil, And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. And he drove out the man and he placed it at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which uh, turned every way to keep the way to the tree of life. So, you see, man was cursed. Man was put out of the garden. Because even if in his sinful state, now that he had fell, if he could have ate of the tree of life, he could have lived forever. But God made sure no one cursed or ever eat of that tree. Hello? No one cursed can get to it. God protected it and now we find through the Bible now that the tree of life is in heaven right now. It's in the paradise of God which is in heaven and it's still kept. Nobody can get to it. And you still got to eat of the tree of life if you want to live forever. But you see, you can't get there. When Adam fell... He also brought it down on us too. When Adam was cursed, we became cursed. When Adam took on a new God, we have a new God. The Bible says in Romans 5, 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Verse 19 of Romans 5 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Verse 21 of Romans 5 says, That as sin had reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. You see, that's what the whole gospel is about. You were cursed. When when, when you were born into this world, you received the the, the nature of Adam. You received the the same penalty of your sin, that is death. But Jesus came that we wouldn't have to be under that curse any longer. But we could receive eternal life. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 21 says, For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead, that man being Christ Jesus. Verse 22 says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Ooh, thank God. Listen, I, I, I can get out from under that curse. And thank God it was the greatest news I ever heard when the David said that, you know, Jesus would forgive me of all my sin and gave me a brand new life. And I no longer have to live under a curse to struggle to, to try to please God. Now Jesus Christ did it all for me. And all I had to do is, is follow him and trust him. And he gave him my righteousness. Man, no more curse. I mean, that's, that, we didn't understand what took place when we were freed from our sin. We didn't know what the feeling was. Well, we're naturally, we were blessed because we're no longer under that curse that hanged over our head that said, you're doomed, you're destined, you're, 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 your penalty is you're going to die one day. We were condemned, convicted, and no way out of it until Jesus came and paid that price for us that we don't have to die any longer. So we know that once Adam sinned and that sin carried on and man became a servant to sin and to death. And this is what this whole book is about that God gave to us. There's two main subjects in it. Death and life. Hello? Even when God gave the commandments unto the children of Israel through Moses, he told them in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore, choose life, that thou and thy seed may live. So even way in the back, when God was given the law, he gave every man a choice. I want you to live. Follow my commandments, obey my word, and you're going to live. But we know no man can keep that word. His word was holy and righteous, but man was fallen and sinful. God's will always was for man to live, but in a sinful condition, he's cursed. He's cursed. Read Deuteronomy 28 chapter. It tells you about all the blessings that would come upon that nation of Israel. And to anyone that would walk uprightly and walk in his ways and follow his commandments, he'd bless them spiritually, physically, and materially. But if they'd turn away from serving the Lord, he'd curse everything they'd put their hand to, spiritually, physically, and materially. And thank God now, I don't care what the circumstances look like, we can come out of that because of what Jesus Christ done. We don't have to. I don't have to go to hell because Jesus made a way for me. I don't have to stay sick because Jesus paid the price for that. I don't have to stay uh, in, a, in, a, in a state of poverty because Jesus paid for that also. And that time come, we're going to look into it. But death has always been a mystery to all ages. Science studies it, and that's why the medical profession is so big. It's probably one of the biggest businesses there is right now. Men are trying to find a way around death to preserve life a little bit longer, how to cure diseases, but they they, they don't know how to make man live forever. Mm -hmm. Then religion steps in tries to explain to man what death is, but still they don't know what death is. Because even scientists themselves said the human body shouldn't die the way it's made. It ought to live forever, but for some reason it just don't last. And I'll tell you why, it's sin. Uh, religion tries to explain it, says, Well, you know, in all kind of religious terms, how what death is, what well, death is this and that and that, but let me tell you, death was not an original part of the creation. When God made man, he created man to live forever. If only he wouldn't have sinned. Hello? But let me tell you physical death is an enemy of God. It's not a friend of God. God hates death. He hates death. He hates death. In fact it's going to last just a little while longer. In fact, once we come, Jesus Christ comes, we've, we find ourselves called away. We count down seven years of tribulation period. While, and then we count the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. Then we're going to find the great white throne judgment. And, and something that's going to be brought up before him is going to be called death. And remember death in hell in Revelations, I think it's the 20th chapter. But it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 26, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. <laughs> No longer will man ever have to worry about dying again. But you see, in the meantime right now, we still have to run this course, and still we have to do something about it. We've got to get out from under that curse of death, right? So we have to understand the nature of death. Or before we can understand about death, the nature of death, we have to understand the nature of man. Hello? What is man? It's, it's you see, you can feel yourself. Is this man. Well, according to the Bible, man is not really a physical being. Man is a spiritual being. Man is a spirit who possesses a soul soul, and he lives in a body. You know, I live in a house, but I can't say I'm a house. I I just live in my house. And so does me. I'm just living in in, in this. uh, I don't know what the... You know, people live in brick houses. This is a mud house. I'm just telling you what it's made from. It's made from the dust of the earth. It's very fragile. Listen, if I take a knife, it cuts easy. It, it, I can break its bones. and I mean, it, all kind of stuff. It gets sick and, and all kind of things. It, it's very fragile, but it's only my house. Um, in First Thessalonians 5, 23, the Bible says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body we preserve blameless into the, into the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, human life is more than just a body. Human life in the physical, people only live for what they can do to pamper and to provide for this body, the food it eats, the entertainment it gets. They forget about there's something that's way, way more important. In the natural world we live in, it's the body first. In the spiritual world, if a person spiritually spiritual and she's born again, it's the spirit man that has to come first. Let me read in John, the third chapter. Most of us know these verses good, but maybe someone doesn't. So let's read them just in case someone has never heard it. In John, the third chapter. We're going to try to explain what man is all about. What makes up man? What constitutes man? Why did Jesus say some things like, like we're going to read right now about man? Jesus now is speaking to a religious leader, Nicodemus. John, the third chapter. John, the third chapter, and listen what Jesus said in the third verse. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now Nicodemus, being like on the most average religious people, understood it this way, what Jesus said in the fourth verse. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And this is what most people look. They can only understand uh, uh, certain terms of, in physical you know, uh, explanations. Born again? What does that mean? You mean I'm going to have to crawl back into my mother's womb and come out and start all over again? Jesus said in the fifth verse, Jesus answered, Verily, verily I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh." That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. So Jesus was trying to explain to Nicodemus, no, no, no. It's, it's not crawling back to your mother who will be born again in the physical. You were born one time in the physical. That's your first birth. But Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So what's he saying? You're spirit man, the real you. It has to be born again. It has to uh, give birth into God. It's dead into God right now. And it has to come alive into God. And so we, this is what all of us right now, we, we have to understand. The real person, and unless you understand this, it's hard to see why must I be saved. Because you have a spirit created in the image of God that can never, never, never die. The new birth is a rebirth of the human spirit. And the real man is a spirit. You see, one day this body is going to die. It's going to go back to the dust of the earth. But if this Bible is right, there's something on the inside that's going to go on to live forever and forever, either in one state or the other, in a place of eternal punishment or a state of eternal bliss in heaven. The spirit operates through the soul, and the soul in turn operates through the physical body. You see, uh, this spirit man wants to do certain things. Well, he goes through the mind. He tells what this body what to do. Hello? And it functions that way. Um, at physical death, the man and his soul leave the physical body and go to their home. Where's that home going to be? Let's read in Luke, the 16th chapter. And I'm, we're trying to learn something right now. What is the real man? What is the real man? Let me tell you, that's why most people they just pamper to the flesh. Hello? Take good care of it. I mean, give it what it wants. You know, if it wants to drink, let it drink, wants to drink. it. give this body the feelings that it wants. But there's more to that. In Luke, the 16th chapter, Jesus, man, in this little parable, it's not a parable. It's a true story. He, he tells us what really goes on. Because, you see, all of us, we see, man, you know, a person dies they, um, physically. They put him in a grave and, and they say, well, that's the end of him. I mean, there's no more suffering, no more pain. Everything's, you know, ended for him. Uh, or like some would say, well, you know, their, their soul is just sleeping. One day God's going to resurrect the dead, and then they're going to come to existence again. But is that what the Bible teaches? In Luke, the 16th chapter, Jesus said in the 19th verse, there was a certain rich man. And it wasn't a made-up man. He said there was a certain rich man that lived on this earth, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. I mean, he pampered this old flesh, dressed it good, fed it good. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, dogs came and licked his sores. Now, we're going to go on a little bit more into the story. We're going to find out that they both died. Okay, I want to bring a point across. They both died. A lot of people think, well, if you're rich, you can't go to heaven. And then a lot of people think, we well, you know, if you're poor like Lazarus, then you can go because you're poor. No such thing. The only reason why we're going to read the rich man went to hell is because the rich man despised and want nothing to do with god didn't want to obey his word but lazarus evidently loved the lord even though he didn't have much of this world's good understand that okay because i had people uh, uh, tell me that and that's a misunderstanding they never had nothing in this world they were poor they were busted for sure that they're, they're, they're going to heaven poverty uh, uh, heaven isn't rewarded for poverty just for being poor there's wicked poor as well as there's, there's, there's righteous poor. There's wicked rich as well as there's righteous rich people. You understand that? There's only one way to heaven, that's through Jesus Christ. Only one way. I mean, i got people tell me all kinds of things. Like i got one aunt, she took care of my grandmother, uh, I mean, for years and years, and I tried to talk to her about Jesus Christ by being born again. She said, what are you trying to tell me? You mean I won't go to heaven all these years? I sacrificed, did you mama? I said, that's right. Boy, she got mad. She thought they had another way to get to heaven besides Jesus Christ. You see, I'm trying to explain that to you. But anyhow, 22nd verse. And it came to pass that the beggar died. That's the end of the story. Oh, and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. The end of the story. But wait a minute. If the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom, what did they carry? His body? Spirit. Oh, wait. I thought when they died, they died. That was it. Oh, but you see that old rich man, he died. He was just plain old buried. That was the end of the story. No? Uh-oh, let's see. What, let's, let's go on then. Let's see what happened. 23rd verse. And in hell. He lifted up his eyes. Now, that can't be. He's, his body's in, in, in the grave. He was buried. But it says in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. That means he was feeling something. And he said he saw Abraham. It means he was seeing something. He saw Abraham afar off, Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried. Evidently, he could still talk and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip, of his, the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, Son, remember thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. That's enough right there to, to, to see something. The one that was saved, when his physical body died, he still kept on going. He's still living to this day. Lazarus is in heaven. And the rich man, when he died, some people said, well, he's been dead now for 2,000 years. No, 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 no. His physical body went back to dust. But that rich man is still in hell, still crying out for somebody to dip the tip of their finger in water to cool his tongue because he's in that flame. So let me ask you something. One of them was blessed and one of them was cursed. Uh, Did death change something? Oh, it changed a lot. They went on to live forever. The physical body might have dropped off, but something kept on going. And that's what we're talking about. The number one curse of mankind is that he needs to get out from under. That's that curse of spiritual death. That's the number one need of of, of mankind, is to be born again. Because, you see, anyhow, Adam might have died living over 950 years old. Adam lives to this day. His body died. But to this day, Adam is still in hell. Adam is still like the rich man crying out for a drop of water to drink. There's no such thing as soul sleep. Both Lazarus and the rich man were very conscious then. And they're very conscious today. Well, someone said, well, I'm all mixed up. What does this means, death? I see people die. They die. I see it. They're dead. Well, the Bible, if you read it real closely, speaks of three kinds of death. Number one is spiritual death, what happened to Adam. The day he died, he died spiritually. And the Bible also (laughs) speaks of physical death. That means when this human body dies and returns to the dust, that's physical death. And the third death is called the second death or eternal death. That's after men have been resurrected, judged, and cast into the lake of fire. And there in that that physical body, they'll be tormented forever and ever. It's not pretty, but neither is sin very pretty. I don't care how much we kind of dress it up, give it a brand new name. You know, say the alcoholic, oh, he just got a disease. Ain't no disease. Jesus said it's sin. Disease don't send you to hell. Sin does. Uh, But real death, real, real death, the number one primary death that we have to understand is when our spirit rather than our body dies. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, And fear not them who kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And Jesus, talking of the religious people who walked in his days, he said in Matthew eight twenty two, Let the dead bury the dead. What's he talking about? That don't make sense. What's he saying? Let the spiritually dead, buried the physically dead. So you see, there is more than one kind of death, isn't there? Spiritually dead, buried the physically dead. Physical death is only a manifestation of the spiritual death. Give it enough time. You take an apple off the tree where it's alive and you put it up on the shelf. It might take a little while, but after a while, what happens to it? It rots, it dies, you see, because it was disconnected from its source of life. Same thing with human life. you disconnected from its source of life, Jesus Christ. You might live 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years old, but you're going to die. Your body's going to drop off, but that's still just the outer shell. Something else died a long time ago. So, physical death. So, I looked at, Jesus said, you know, but... but But only God's able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Spiritual death. Physical death. The manifestation of a spiritual. uh, Physical death is a manifestation of a spiritual death. And the second death, which if we had time, we'd look into it. It's the home of the spiritually dead people. It's all those who have died without Jesus Christ. and, and, And who are going to be resurrected and cast into a lake of fire, which the Bible says, this is the second death. You're going to die all over again. Now, Let's understand something about when we say spiritual death. Some people, I've, I've, I've heard them say it. I, I couldn't believe spiritual Christians actually said this, that this, the, the second death, people are going to cease to exist. You know, I've heard some people I've respected, and that's what they really believe. I I know Jehovah Witnesses, Armstrong, a lot of people believe that, you know, that in the resurrection, certain people are going to be resurrected, and they're going to be given a chance. If you're a Jehovah Witness, well, they're going to be given a chance by Jehovah if they want to come into the kingdom or to be annihilated, you know, all kind of teachers. But I've heard some of them say, well, well, once they reach to this point, uh, 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 if they've sinned and and it comes to the second death, they're just going to cease to exist. But a Spirit can never cease to exist. can never cease means this, number one, separation from God. If you die spiritually, you're separated from God. Let me show you what happened to Adam. After he died, Adam says that God normally walked in the cool of the evening in the midst of the garden to fellowship with mankind. And he called out to Adam and said, Adam, Adam, where are you? And what happened to Adam and Eve? They hid themselves. They could no longer come into his presence. So what happened? Spiritual death, number one, is separates you from God. Hello? <laughs> That's why most people, when, when you talk about spiritual things, you speak about Jesus Christ, they want to run. Because they're spiritually dead. But spiritual death also means something more than separation from God. It's more than being separated from God. You see, when a person dies in a lost state, they're in hell, they're separated from God all eternity. They're separated from, they can't come into his presence. But spiritual death still means more. Than being separated from God. John the 8th chapter. The gospel of John the 8th chapter. And Jesus kind of pretty well explained it. And what makes it even more troubling is right here Jesus was speaking to, again to the most religious people that walked on the face of the earth in his day. People who had a Bible. People who worshipped in God's temple. People who thought that God Jehovah was their father. But listen to what Jesus told them. I know some of y'all are familiar with these scriptures, but I'm trying to bring out a point. Spiritual death means more than being separated God from, uh, through all eternity. In John the 8th chapter. Means, now remember, Jesus is talking to religious Pharisees right here. John 8 verse 39. And they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Spiritually it was saying, well, we're descendants of Abraham, the friend of God, the the uh, the inheritor of all the blessings of God. We're his descendants. And Jesus said unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. And you do the deeds of your father. Then said they unto him, we be not born of fornication, we have one father even God and this is what most of the world says what you trying to call us sinners you're trying to say we lost you're trying to say we're not going to heaven we God's got our father that's what these religious people taught also but you see without the new birth it's impossible for God to be with your father listen to what Jesus said in the 40 let me start back in verse 43 why do you not understand my speech even because you cannot hear my word you are of your father the devil and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. Now listen to what Jesus told these religious people. God ain't your father. The devil is. Now, spiritually speaking, what does he mean? Spiritually meaning that, that you know, if you were born of God, what would you have? You'd have God's nature, right? You don't want to act and talk and fellowship with God. But when a person is lost and spiritually dead, it means that Satan is his father and they have Satan's nature. That's what Jesus said. The lust of your father you're going to do. The will of your father you're going to do. If you're born again, which will you want to do? God your father. If you're lost, you're only doing. I don't care what, what, what mode or what manifestation it takes as you being called a sinner. You're only doing what your spiritual nature, your spiritual father tells you to do. That's what really means spiritual death. It means you don't belong to God. You have another master. You have a different father. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. When Adam and Eve listened to the devil, the devil became their spiritual father. They had took on the devil's nature in their spirit. That's why they were separated from God. That's why they could no longer come near to God because they belonged to someone else then. You know, Man is united with the devil. He was driven away from God. He was driven out of the garden, away from God, with no way to come back to God. And no longer responds to the call of God. God calls to every man, but he can't hear. Because he's got a master that keeps him in the tight bondage. And that's called Satan, under a curse. Jesus said in John 8, 34, Jesus answered and said, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committed or practices sin is a servant of sin. And this explains why man cannot be born or be saved just by his conduct. Jesus said it, he must be born again. People tried. I mean, when I was little, I mean, my mom, no doubt, they wanted me to go to heaven, have eternal life. When I was a baby, had me baptized as a baby, said, well, that'll help. When I got a little bit older, first grade, made my first communion, got a little early, older, uh, uh, made my confirmation and on through all these things. And, and then after I've done all the things that I've known I was supposed to do, then I still ask the priest, well, am I ready to go to heaven? No, 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 not yet. I still got to... Uh, do a lot of things you're still going to have to go to purgatory you're still going to have to have people pay money for the masses to hopefully one day you get out and say well what does it take to get to heaven I mean I try to live the right kind of life I mean I try to turn over a new leaf Doesn't, won't God say that's good enough nope I mean even if it was possible for me to quit sinning all on my own he'd still have to tell me can't come. You don't belong to me. Hello. I don't have ownership uh, uh, on you. If man were not a child of the devil, if his nature wasn't Satan's nature, if Satan wasn't his master, then he could begin to just change his conduct. I mean, the drunkard would say, "Well, I quit drinking now." Got no, no, no. It's more than that. Uh, you know, and he could just turn over a new leaf and be all right. But but for man to be saved or uh, uh, someone has to pay a penalty for the sin and give him a new nature. His nature has to be changed. Um, you know, I use this story a lot, but maybe someone never heard it. It helps bring it out so, so clearer. You know about, about uh, the man who, who wanted uh, to get into horse racing, and, and man, and someone told him about how much money you could make by racing horses. Now, I don't go for that for Christians now. But you see, all in advantage, someone said, boy, boy, they make big money when they win them races. He said, whoo, I'm going to get into it, but all he had was an old mule. And he said, hey, this old mule sure don't look like no racehorse, but he said, oh, I know what I'll do. He trimmed the ears back, make it sleek, trimmed the mane, began to brush his hair. You know, I, mean, I mean, he washed it, brushed it, and started feeding it racehorse oats and took good care of it, started doing everything to make it look as much as he could like a racehorse. I mean, boy, he'd done so much work. Before long, you could hardly tell the difference. It almost looked like a racehorse. And then, boy, he got it all ready, and they lined up the starting gate, boy, and the the gate opened, boy, and all the horses took off, but the old mule just went, oh, and didn't go nowhere. But why didn't he make a good racehorse? You know why? Because he just didn't have it inside of him to want to run a race. Now, if that same old mule could have somehow, he could have uh, reached in there and changed his nature and his heart and, and gave him the heart of a racehorse, man, he'd have had something. But that's not possible. You can't do it because he doesn't possess a spirit. But Jesus said someone with a spirit can be reborn or born again. And that's why humans can be born again. It can be. They can be changed. Their whole nature can be changed. The Bible says they can become a new creature in Christ Jesus. And not, even, not merely a human being, but, but someone that's remade in the image of Jesus Christ. Man today is not lost because of what he does. Remember that. I mean, man does all kinds of things. They kill, they murder, they steal, they drink. They, you can, you, but that's, that's not why they're a sinner. It's natural for sinners to sin. That's what God expects from them. Hello? It's. I mean, Like I said, uh, Mia got a bunch of cats, but they don't go around out there barking all day long. They just meow because that's, that's what they, they are. They're cats. Sinners sin because sin, they're sinners. A man does because of the result of what he is. And man needs spiritual life because he's spiritually dead. If you can change his nature from a sinner to a saint, listen, he changed. And that's what the new birth does. Jesus said this. Because Jesus came, when he laid down his life on that cross, he came to redeem us and bring us out from under that curse. Jesus said in John 5, 26, For as the Father has life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And Jesus was not born as we are born. Jesus came into this world. God Almighty took upon himself a body of flesh, and, and he came to pay the penalty for our sins. I want you to read in Hebrews, the second chapter. In Hebrews, the second chapter, a couple of verses of Scripture. We're not going to be much longer. But you must understand why Jesus said you must be born again. It's more than joining a religion. It's more than shaking a preacher's hand. It's more than getting your name on a church roll. You must be born again if you're ever going to overcome sin in this life. If you ever expect to make heaven your home, you must be born again. Your nature must be changed where your attitude towards uh, sin is changed. In Hebrews, the second chapter, listen what Jesus did for us. It says in Hebrews, the second chapter, the ninth verse, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that, by, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Jesus took the penalty that we deserved. If we died spiritually dead, we're going to taste death, the torments of hell, but Jesus took it for us. He took the punishment for us. I want you to go in the 14th, the 15th verses. For as much as then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who were through fear of death all their lifetime subject unto bondage. Thank God that's what Jesus did. He became flesh, took my place, and now I no longer have to worry about dying spiritually. Because Jesus died that I might have life. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, The thief come would for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And he's talking about your life. But Jesus said, I am come. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. And that more abundant. Jesus said in John 5 and verse 24, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That's what happens when a person is born again. He no longer is under a curse of death and condemned to die. He passes and he's he's granted eternal life and there he'll live forever and ever. (coughs) Jesus, number one, redeemed us from spiritual death. He brought back. He paid a price for our lives. Adam was banished from the tree of life by rejecting the word of God or God's word. But according to Revelations 2-7, all who now accept and obey the word of God are brought back into the tree of life and have a right to approach it. Revelations 2-7 says, to him that overcome it will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. We have that right now. He said in 1 John 5, 4, And whatever is born of God, has been born again, overcometh the world. He said in 1 John 4, 4, You are of God, little children have overcome them. Who's that? That's the, de- the world, the flesh, and the devil. You have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that is in this world. You see, spiritual life is not only taking on the life of Jesus, but letting Jesus Christ live and reign in your life. And the new birth isn't something that you learn how to do. It isn't something that gradually takes place. The new birth is instant. Just like when a baby is born into this world, it comes and, I mean, it's alive. It's, it's screaming. It's kicking. It's full of life. And that's what happens when a person believes on Jesus Christ and forgiven of his sin and given eternal life. He's alive unto God. Man, he can, that's why he can worship and praise and carry because he's alive unto God now. He's no longer separated from God, but he's brought near unto God. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.1, and you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. Hello? How did he do it? How do you deserve it? Ephesians 2, 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Not of works that any man should boast. If I want to give you a gift, And you had to work for it, it's no longer a gift. It's something you deserved. And that's why I guess most religions hate this gospel. They can't have their input into it. They can't have a claim to it and, and, and regulate about who they want to give it to. It's a gift of God. Any man that wants to live forever and be born again can. Not of any works, but by the gifts of God. Let me close right there. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your goodness, Lord, your kindness and your mercy. We thank you for the Bible that you've given to us that teaches us of how Jesus Christ came to redeem us from the curse of the law. It teaches us how we no longer have to uh, experience spiritual death, but we can be alive unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord. And no longer have we take on a, the nature of, of Satan. We no longer belong to him. Jesus Christ is translated out of the kingdom of Satan and of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son and into the kingdom of light. Lord, we thank you. We don't have to walk around in spiritual darkness any longer, Lord, trying to, to act religious, trying to be religious to please you, Lord. But by being born again, Father, we just become alive unto you, Father. And we can cry, Abba, Father, because we know, Lord, you're our spiritual father. And, Lord, we shall never be separated from you. Lord, we thank you for spiritual life. We thank you that Jesus Christ came, and, Lord, he became a curse for me, and he broke that curse over my life by his goodness and his own grace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And I want to ask you, maybe someone's never been born again, and maybe they've never understood what it means to be born again. I've got to give you the opportunity to partake of that new life jesus came and paid a terrible and a great and and a a high price for the salvation of our soul but you know it won't do you any good if you just sit in church all your life and never accept that gift into your life if you never say lord i'm sorry for my sins i don't want to live this way you see just just trying to turn over a new leaf won't free you from sin it's, I mean, even if it takes getting to the altar and pouring it all out into God, telling God, I'm sorry, you're telling the Lord, I want a new life. You know, he'd give it to you. If you get serious with God, God gets serious with you. And he'll give you eternal life. Listen, there ain't no amount of money in the world can buy. You can work all your life and, and scratch and scrape and you can't buy eternal life. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man? Do he gain the whole world? And lose his silver. Actually, that rich man in this day and in hell is still screaming out. He was rich. He had it made. He ate good every day, clothed good. But when he laid down uh, his, his, on, on, for his last time, all that money in the world couldn't give him an ounce of relief. So I'm going ask if there's anyone here, maybe someone listening to this tape right now, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ to your heart and life. Don't just pray, seek him and mean it from your heart that you want that gift that he has. Tell him you're sorry of your sin. Tell him to wash you in that blood and take him at his word and believe it. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus said, He that believeth on the Son hath eternal life, but he that believeth not shall not see life. If you believe in Jesus Christ, make it work in your life by repenting of all the sins you, you've committed and asking Him to forgive you and ask Him to save you and ask Him to fill you with the Holy Ghost because you need it. And I'm asking, is anyone here in, in this congregation that, doesn't know Jesus Christ is not ready to face him has never accepted the gift that he has for them if there's anyone here I want to ask you don't wait take it while it's available Jesus said the, night, the day is coming where the night's coming when no man will able to work it's coming a time where that door is going to be closed anyone here